from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. The two and four Hamilton Tiger Cats take on the three and three Ottawa Red Blacks. Great to have you with us on Thai Cats This Week. I'm RJ Broadhead. He's Luke Tasker, and it is a big game, Luke. We're a third through the season, and all of a sudden the Red Blacks look like they're a, a pretty fun team to watch. Maybe not a fun team to play, but the Tiger Cats are getting them at not a great time. They've won back-to-back overtime games, and if you you go back to their first meeting against the Tiger Cats, if it wasn't for Chris Edwards making a, a miraculous tackle against Dustin Crum, that game could have been tied it wound up being a a victory for the tiger cats but they would have had to have a two-point convert and so on and so forth but it turned out to be a lot closer than the tiger cats wanted so you're playing ottawa when they're red hot this is a tough test for the tiger cats yeah it is uh and the the east is uh shaping up here and what looked like an all uh you know toronto east and and of course they still have a commanding uh lead uh, still, still looking, uh, still, or the rest of the league looking to to force the first loss for Toronto. For Toronto, but uh, Ottawa's kind of found their own as well. And like you said, great for the CFL because they're playing. It's just unbelievably exciting. Like every game that Ottawa plays in is uh, a very interesting uh, fourth quarter and finish, uh, overtime or not. And so you're right. And in that game at Tim Hortons Field, that was that was just a, a touchdown and a two point conversion away from potentially going to overtime uh, again. Um, that was where Jeremiah Mazzoli, of course, got injured. And so that started, you know, Crum's sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, playing streak that he's on right now. And since then, he's sort of been able to, to uh, uh, play some good football games. He's impressive to watch on the ground and the way he's run. Uh, and the Ticats sort of have a different uh, red-black team than they were facing uh, three weeks ago. So, yeah, big test, uh, and to do it out in Ottawa, uh, an important test too. I mean, you gotta like we've been talking about this whole season. You gotta get your East wins uh, uh, earlier this year than than in years past. You know, it's interesting. I, I I was really looking forward to see what Calgary would do against Dustin Crum because it kind of felt like he was just a, a running quarterback. But he did pass for almost 80%, but not a lot of long passes. So do you think the Tiger Cats will will try to take everything short away and also that they'll have to spy him to make sure he doesn't run? How do you, how do you force a young quarterback to, to throw the ball deep and, and really make that his only option? Is that possible? Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, there's risk reward in football. It's the great thing. I mean, you've got your 12 guys and every, every guy who you take away from, uh, the secondary, you strengthen the run game, but in doing so, you weaken, you weaken uh, your, and you take away options from your own play calling ability in the secondary. So it's a, that's the beautiful thing about football. I mean, the whole thing is a chess match and there's, and there's different ways of, of playing it. And, uh, you know, you think in a game like this, well, the burden is on sort of your front seven, right? Those front four guys and the three linebackers. They've got a great, uh, they've got a really dynamic running attack from this quarterback. Uh, and like you said, their passing game is, uh, is majority uh, uh, short passes. Let's say less than 20 yards is where Ottawa has been throwing the ball. Okay. So that, that those, those low seven have to, uh, have to really have a great game. Well, it's also risky for that, for that for the for your five your, your all your guys in your secondary two corners two halves and a safety 
who have to who have to understand that they're going to get called up. They're going to want to creep up and to help make plays up in that under coverage and up in the uh, run stop game. But it only takes one play to get beat deep, right? And so you've got to you can't fully commit to that. You gotta you gotta stay sound as much as you can, understanding that a lot of the plays are going to get made up underneath. So it's an interesting chess match, and that those teams that uh, those quarterbacks and those offenses that are c- completing a lot of those low throws and taking off big chunks in the run game. Well, every now and again, that that same offense and that same quarterback may just be in a perfect position to take advantage of something unsound in the secondary and take a deep shot. So, uh, interesting. I mean, you can't put all your eggs in one basket in football. It's just the way that it goes. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it so fun. And uh, yeah. you're right. It, it is a chess match. You might think uh, the other team's going to make a move that they – they don't make, and it's, uh, yeah, it's exciting. So Dustin Crum is 2-0. and Bo Levi Mitchell will start for the Tiger Cats. He's 0-2, still looking for that first win as a Tiger Cat. Interestingly, third straight game where the Tiger Cats will have a different starting quarterback, but they are going back to Bo Levi Mitchell, who's played pretty much a, a game in three quarters. Um, he's looked good in practice, and he's definitely a leader on this team. How much of a a factor do you think it is to have Bo back and he even said earlier in the week he didn't know he'd have to see how his body responded so and that's in practice so we'll have to see how he responds in a game with with full contact as well and and hopefully he's 100 percent and and can contribute and help this team get the win yeah and the first two games were uh, a struggle, you know, for him. And he, he was, he was, you know, the the, the Cat team was definitely still trying to find themselves. And those victories, the two the two wins that they had, uh, Ottawa and Edmonton, you know, it really helped to sort of propel this team and keep them going forward a little bit. That Toronto loss was, you know, that was a loss to a very good football team. Well, Bo has to come in and get back to this. Uh, to the Bo Levi Mitchell uh, uh, that that Ticket fans have wanted from the start, uh, and now he's working with an offense that has a little bit more uh, experience together too. So uh, the only thing to do as a bystander, we we sort of just have to assume that he's healthy enough to get in there and play well. You just don't play a guy like that if if you're not convinced that his injury's at a place where where he's healthy enough to go. Uh, and and as a bystander, uh, you know. I'm just ex- I'm expecting that that's not going to be a factor. This this lower body injury that he's had this season is not going to be what 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 we're uh, not going to play a part in this in this game. It's about his ability to uh, function at a high level, make his reads and make his throws. Uh, uh, you know the way that the, the way that uh, tie cat fans um, expect, and I do. I think that I think that he's in a position uh, to perform very well now. He the the ball's being spread around to these to these Ticat receivers uh, since he's been in there, and the run game has really found itself uh, uh, at times uh, since he's been there too. And that's going to help a, a quarterback get into the flow of the game if that if uh, you know James Butler can take some of the load off of each drive off of moving the chains. And so I'm excited to watch him. Uh, I think same as we were saying uh, last week. You know, Toronto got off got off to a lead very quickly, and you, and that's a team that's that is it's going to be very very hard to climb back at a team like Toronto. Well, Ottawa, you know, while they're while they're not the Argonauts right now on record, they are playing well. I mean, they're taking games right to the finish, and they've stole they've stolen some of these wins late. Uh, 
I really would. I really would love to see the Ticats not get down early again. I just think it's. I just think it's. Uh, it takes a lot, regardless of your opponent, to come back from behind in a football game. But getting back into the mix with Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, coming back off this off of a loss uh, uh, against Toronto, being on the road, all of those factors. You know, it's nice to play with a lead and to do that. And I'm, I want to see a great first quarter from Bo and his offense. Well, that that's great. You you led me perfectly because. Trailing has been a problem, especially at halftime for the Tiger Cats. Let's look at the first quarter. We'll start there. Tiger Cats have not scored a touchdown in the first quarter this season. So through six games, no touchdowns scored. They've been shut out in back-to-back games in the first quarter. Half their games they've been shut out in the first quarter. So they're getting off to terrible starts. I talked to some players, and, and they're aware of it. And some said, well, maybe we have to to get to the stadium earlier and and really start thinking about the game earlier and get off to better starts. But in the two wins, Tiger Cats either led at the half or trailed by one point at the half. In their four losses, they trailed by double digits at the half. So the first half will tell us a lot, Luke, in Ottawa of where the Tiger Cats are and and their chances of of winning the game. They have to get off to better starts. Yeah, exactly. And the... uh really the most impressive thing that you can take away from the Toronto game at Tim Hortons field was that they were down 20 to nothing against a very good team. And it's like, you know, I remember as a player, you know, you know, you're facing a team that has not lost in this case, any games, or, you know, if you're playing a good team in years back, they haven't lost many games. They're a winning team. 20 points is like, <laughs> where do you start? You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. Like what, and they they got that game back. They battled back to an eight point game, and then uh, uh, Chad Kelly and his offense expanded that again and took it out of took it out of that one one uh, score lead. Uh, but but they they actually battled back, which was very impressive. That was the biggest positive takeaway to me is how they sort of put the put some uh, put the brakes on Toronto's offense and were able to put points on the board there. Uh, but you know you, it's an uphill battle, especially especially a twenty point deficit. But but really. Uh, playing from behind is just always going to be harder. And uh, that that stat that you said there, I mean, the, the game, the two games that they've won, that has not been the case. You know, uh, they haven't been down by these massive deficits. And so, shoot, coming out in the first quarter, I, I want to touch on what you said there. Some guys commenting, you know, did you get to the stadium earlier, or you know, how do you how do you compensate or overcome the the issue of these bad starts? That's interesting that that would be uh, uh, something, maybe, and you can only con- control what you can control. So to each player's, uh, uh, you know, you know, radius of control, sure, get to the stadium earlier, I guess, if that's, if that's kind of how you process it, and that may help an individual's game. Uh, you know, I just, I just love, I think the games, I think where that, the Ticats offense has looked really good early in these games is when the ball is out of the quarterback's hand very quickly, where, you, you know, you can you get, and what, what that also does is it gets your receivers involved early. As a wide receiver, I remember the time, I remember games where I just didn't touch the football for so long, and it's, you're, you know, you're, you get you get stale out there. You're not, you don't feel like you're really part of the, of the uh, the effort and so you know to have some quick some quick answers uh and to try to keep the ball in the offense's hands the early two and outs are just a just a killer for momentum and uh, you know for the flow of the game so uh i don't know to me it's it's uh it's it's more so uh an offensive strategy that just lends itself to you know getting some reps early in this first quarter uh 
we've seen at times uh, these, these opponents in the losing games, specifically I think of both the Toronto games, where uh, it's almost like you don't see the Ticat offense very much. You know, it's like you, 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 there's no rhythm. Uh, there's a lot of punts, uh, and that and that other team seems to be you know uh, repping. You know, getting getting some getting some uh, offensive plays in and. Uh, in Ottawa, I would, I would, I would hope to see uh, this Ticat offense with some production early. So you said it as a receiver and and not getting the ball for for a while. You feel like you're not part of it. Tim White, he didn't have a reception. That's extremely rare for Tim White. Let alone <clears throat> three catches in his last three games, which is also extremely rare. I talked to him at practice and. And he said, no, everything's fine. He's really got no, no explanation for it, but expects to, to really bounce back. Are you concerned at all that Tim White didn't have a catch in the last game? Well, yeah, concerned in a sense that you'd like to see it. Uh, you'd like to see him with production. But more so, I, I'm, I'm interested in the passing game at large. I, you know, the, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle for this offense is, again, you have a quarterback change. And just again and again, and there, there's just been – we saw early in the season both Bo Levi Mitchell and Matt Schiltz with very near misses on deep balls. You know, and, and, and you, know, you think back, if, you're, if you just can get a little bit more higher percentage receptions on those deep balls, the whole offense just starts to look differently. But it's very hard to do. When you've got you know a revolving door of of personnel, and so uh, Tim White is sort of he's part of it, and and it comes down to route running, it comes down to uh, uh, you know play call and, and defensive strategy too. But uh, I in my mind, I think Tim White's gonna he's out there doing his job. You know, like I remember so many times, so many games, thinking like, man, I am just so I'm running every route as good as I possibly can that doesn't make the ball come to you. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, the, the read has to be there. Uh, not even the read. If, if you're in a progression for the quarterback and you're not until he goes from, if it's a left to right progression or like a one, two, three progression, even if you run a great route, if you're even the number two, uh, uh, you know, the second part of that quarterback's uh, read progression. Well, if the first part was open, that's where the ball's going. He, you know, he never even got to, you, you know? And so, I don't know. I just am hesitant to put a ton of this on Tim White. He's going to be a guy who's running his routes, who's doing his job, and and uh, there's a lot of lot of factors that are going to lead to to him uh, uh, getting getting those receptions. Um, and, and you know, if you have a quiet passing game in general, you start to sort of to me that's more interesting. Um, but at times we've seen Terry Godwin uh, get 100 yards. We've seen um, Duke Williams with 100 yards. Uh, I'm more concerned with how Bo Levi Mitchell uh, comes in here and gets comfortable across the board with his receivers. Well, I think nine of Tim White's 19 receptions this year have come with Bo Levi Mitchell at quarterback. So they do have some chemistry, and, and Tim White's the type of guy. He had a bit of a slump last year, too, and he came back and strung together a whole bunch of 100-yard receiving games. So it's probably uh, just a, a rare, slow stretch, and uh, I would expect him to be a lot better going forward or a lot more productive. Uh, one thing stands out too, Luke, in the two wins for the Tiger Cats, they've been pretty even with the pass and the run. Pretty close to 50% pass, 50% run. In their losses, they've been very, very pass heavy and have run very little. Mm -hmm. So just looking at numbers like that, logic would say, well, why not even it out? Like, why why pass so much if it, if it's not working? Let's get the run going. But 
there would be a reason behind that, I'm sure. And is it they've dug themselves a hole and they're trailing and are, are forced to pass? Or is it a game plan going in? Because the, sure. the 50-50 has been pretty good. Yeah, you you nailed it there at the end. I think there's some game strategy to it, or you know, game uh, situational awareness, you know, kind of thing. Like where if you're behind, you you got you're trying to move the ball down quickly. You're trying to uh, stop the clock with incomplete passes or getting out of bounds. You know, the run game generally is going to eat clock a lot quicker than a pass game. And so, you know, there there's those kind of factors that go into it. But there's also just the idea that you know I, I'll never forget uh, something that Coach O said on an episode of the Coach O Show. He goes you know, you cannot, you can't, you're not practicing the run game out there. So if it's not working, you can't just keep on doing it. You know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you, you got to do what you think has the best probability of eating up yardage and putting points on the board that day. You know, like it's, there's no more, there's no more working on things. And so, uh, some of it's that too. If the run game's just not happening and you, then you've got to put the ball in your quarterback and receivers hands. And, uh, and, and there's just, there's just in general, you think about any pass play compared to any run play, there are just more options. The run play, the runner has the ball, and he has to make the yardage. The blockers in front of him have to be the guys making the, 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 the plays there. In the pass game, every single pass play, the quarterback has options as the, as the play continues as he looks around the field. And so you're just going to – if things aren't working, I, I don't know. If I'm an OC, I'm going to start erring in, uh, to the error, erroring on the pass game as well. So uh, there's some of that. Um, the uh, – in those games, I think another point for this run and pass sort of combination is first down efficiency. Uh, if you're just not able to get those five yards on first down in the CFL, like that that five yards on first down, if you can push that up to a six or seven yard average, I think Toronto right now has a seven point six or something like that average on first down. It's very good. If you can, if you're getting yourself in less than second and three, you know, if second and three, second and two, uh, uh, for for most of your uh, second downs. That is a recipe to keep the ball in your hands. That's a recipe to move the ball very efficiently down the field. So if you're, if you're at that five yardage, at that second five or, or worse, really hard. And you're going to, of course, be passing more frequently. Um, uh, so it's a whole combination of things. And, you know, Tommy Condell and the Ticats in general have always been a passing, uh, passing first uh, sort of offense. But James Butler in those two wins that you mentioned, he was a huge part of it, and he was, and he is impressive, man. When when you when you get him going, and the most impressive thing, if an if an offensive line is really really doing well in their run game, well, most running backs are going to have a pretty decent game. I mean, the offensive line is a huge part of it, but you'll see James Butler do some special things when the play has broken down, and when he, he'll change directions in the backfield, you know, before before getting to the stoppage that and we've, we've we saw that i specifically in edmonton i remember seeing some really great runs where he it was just creative it was just being being an artist out there in the way that he moved the ball down the field and so you know it's age old if he if you can get james butler going a little bit it'll help bully by mitchell it'll help tim white it'll help these receivers and and uh and uh uh Shoot, you know what the you know what the answer is, RJ? Maybe it just comes down to blocking and tackling. Just like you know, I can hear yeah. Coach Sal right now. Like, it, it, it's just blocking and tackling. <laughs> hey, I want to touch on something you said there that they don't practice the run game. Explain that. Uh, so practice, I meant no, no. I meant like in the games, like it's not time to practice the run game. Like you don't have. There's no more working on things. No, they're certainly practicing as the week goes on and working on their working on their schemes and stuff. But Coach O's point was that, you know, you think people will criticize, let's say, the Ticats for not running the ball frequently. Well, 
if, if, if the runs that you do in that first quarter on your first series and as you get going, if it's not giving you any production, you know, you have no more time to work on it to like, you know, the second quarter is not the practice quarter where you can like figure some things out and like, you know, okay, line that play up again. I want to read this. No, if something's not working, it's game. It's, it's the game. You got it. You got to go somewhere else and find, find your yards uh, elsewhere. So another couple of things I want to touch on before we wrap up, Luke, uh, just going through the, the two wins compared to the four losses, Tiger Cats have had two games where they've rushed, seeing as we're talking about the running game, they've rushed for over 100 yards. They've both been wins. So that will be something else we can watch in, in Ottawa if they can establish that run that is big mm-hmm. for the Tiger Cats. And interceptions. They have five in the two wins, none in the four losses. So those takeaways will be key too. Mm, huge. And, you know, like it's almost like, well, the good teams don't give the ball away, you know, and specifically uh, Toronto, uh, Winnipeg is, is good in their turnover ratio. Um, so you've got, you're facing teams that are behaving better with ball security, uh, right, than, than losing teams. Uh, but it's also, um, and RJ, you know that I've always, I'm always thinking, turnovers you know the turnover ratio it's a mistake on it's an from the offensive mindset you're giving the ball away it's the bad thing but from a defensive mindset to be ball hawking special teams as well you know i just those uh just being opportunistic sometimes in the special teams uh game and and, and ball hawking in the tackle swarm swarm tackling making sure you get uh the, the third and fourth guy in there to at the end um We'll see because you're right. It really has been game changing. You think about those takeaways uh, in Edmonton. I think of Stavros Katzentonis just being right there where he needed to be. Uh, and sometimes you just you, being in the right spot, you're you're in position to take advantage of a of a bad play, a bad decision by another player. So, um, yeah, that hundred uh, percent. I think I think those those uh, interceptions from this defense uh, would be huge. So Ottawa, they didn't have any wins at home last season. They've already got two. The Tiger Cats, they went a long time before winning on the road last season. They're coming off their first road win. What's your gut telling you for, for the game on Friday at 7.30 in Ottawa? Well, Bo Levi Mitchell is back, and it's uh, and I'm excited to watch him. I think the Tiger Cats have everything that they need to, to get a win in Ottawa. All right, 7.30 in Ottawa, Tiger Cats, game seven of the season, and it is a big one. And the Red Blacks are ahead of the Tiger Cats. They have three wins. Tiger Cats have two wins. One of those wins came against Ottawa, so they'll try to make it back-to-back, and that would also give the Tiger Cats the, the season series against the Red Blacks, which could turn out to be pretty important, the way things yeah. are playing out in the East Division. Uh, Luke, can't wait to see you at the game, and... <laughs> It's another big one. We're saying yes, that every is. week. <laughs> Here we go. I'm excited for it, RJ. I'll see you there. So it is a road game for the Tiger Cats, and you can listen to it on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. 6.30 will be the pregame show with Bob O'Neill and Andy Fantuz, and Luke and I will have the call at 7.30 on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. Listen.tiecats.ca. Thanks for listening to Tiger Cats This Week. It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gamedayatiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Tiger Cats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.